Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organisation sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others and the planet. I'm your host, Brad Jennings, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. Welcome to episode 22 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. I am so pleased to have on the show today Mr. Donald C. Kelly. Donald has focused his career on learning and sharing best practices in sales. Donald is the host of the Sales Evangelist Podcast, a podcast focused on all things related to excellence in sales. Donald is truly focused on helping people create a better future through the way they engage and help their customers. Let's get into the episode. Donald, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, Brad, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. And I know one of the the first guys to jump on a show uh, with, with sales, you know, being a sales guy. So I hope your your community is able to embrace and welcome me. Uh, oh, they will, some- mate. <laughs> excellence in sales is is the same as excellence anywhere else. So Donald, I understand that your introduction to sales started very early on in your life. Do you mind giving a bit of that backstory? Yeah. So I grew up in Jamaica and part of the Commonwealth, right? And you know, Jamaica's economy, however, is not as luxurious, not as nice. And one of the things that I that you ha- you you saw was that a lot of people around you around me at the time were creating opportunities for growth. They were creating businesses, so to speak, and became businessmen, as they would say to Jamaica. And I didn't see that as sales. I just saw that if you want to get something, you go out and you make something happen and you create a product or get a product and you sell it and you're in business. So as a kid, we had a, a family had a, a store next to our house like a little shop, what they call it. And, and, you know, everybody works in a shop and I had an opportunity to participate and work in a shop and eventually got behind a counter and was selling things. And I, I wanted to do stuff on my own. I saw how it worked. So I figured I'm one of those people, you show me how to do it and I'll go make it happen. So I started doing buying cookies and uh, creating my own little shop, so to speak, in a front yard, selling cookies and to family and to friends and neighbor kids and then I eventually went to, came to the United States and was one of those kids selling candy because I wanted to make money. If you want to make money, then you go and create a business. So my business was a candy man. I would buy candies and sell them. And then I started to come into the professional side later on in life and worked in different aspects, different companies, whereas a lot of them were business to consumer sales. And it was just natural byproduct of what I was learning as a kid and what I grew up with. And even in high school years of creating my own little summertime and springtime businesses to generate money or over, over the holidays, I just knew if you want something, then and you have a desire strong enough that you find a way and you make that happen. You, you generate it. And that's how we eventually, uh, I landed in sales friends and everyone said, you're perfect for sales. You should jump into it, which Every time somebody tells me that, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that anymore. Never, never do. I, I find too many people who jump into sales and somebody told them that you're good at sales and they turns out not to be because you're outgoing. And I think yeah. that's a great seller. But anyway, so that's my early experience. And in, But post-college, I came into the professional side and started doing a little bit more B2B and embraced it and loved it and started to thrive and do well and uh, came to the point where you know we started a podcast. So that was a lot. Yeah, wow. So no, I really hear through that, that you had to grit your way through. 
yeah. you know, growing up, but also you're really strong at setting that clear goal and going for it. Like that's really come through that conversation to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's was like, because here's the thing, like there wasn't an alternative, right? When you, and I think that's something that we, when you, when you don't have it and you're, it's not like I could go back to mom and say, Hey mom, can you get me some, you know, give me some extra money. Like the money she has is trying to pay for, you know, housing and food and electricity. Like she's, where's she going to get an extra $200 to go get some nice shoes that I want or some games or things of that nature. So if I want it, I got to make it happen. So we went out and figured out a ways that could do it and uh, generate income um, through my own, not through my own means. And obviously I had a lot of mentors from church and uh, different programs, youth programs and scouting that helped me along the way. But that's, that's the, that's the way you, 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 should, it works. Like you need something, you make it happen. And I think too many of us, we have, especially with those in you know, enterprise sales or professional selling, usually we have the fallback, right? If we don't do this, then what's the worst that's going to happen? And sometimes we, you know, we, we have a cushy you know, bonus or we could be a cushy uh, a base salary that we're, you know, following. But if you want to really thrive though, you just need to break past and look beyond the base and, look towards accomplishing bigger goals and setting your vision highs and recognizing that I don't have a fallback if this doesn't happen and that pushes you. So, yeah, that night, that nice level of pressure that comes on that makes you really lift, <laughs> lift. Hey Don, with, yeah. um, what was it that inspired you to keep working in sales? Like what is it that triggered you to really become passionate about it and passionate about to set up a podcast well, you've now recorded over, what was it, 1,370 episodes, been running for seven years. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I guess when you put it like that, like I guess that average is like what, over, I can't do the math right now. That's <laughs> a lot. It's um, a lot. Over but um, uh, each year, but the, what that passion, what keeps me going in sales or that, that passion for sales that kept me doing it, it was there's something about, First off, there's something about creating something from nothing, like that concept that you're able to spawn something and make it happen. So that, that intrigues me. And with sales, especially when you're thinking about it, you're front line for an organization. If we're looking at a military standpoint, we're the Marines. You're the ones that are doing hand-to-hand combat. You're reaching out. You're talking to prospects. And when you can help an organization who has not much sales or trying to generate sales and they're not seeing it, you're taking people that didn't know anything about it or, uh, you know, zero revenue or small, low, low revenue and trying to get that going. Like that's exciting. Like that's when you can go back and look and you see like where you came from and how you were able to help that company or the team was able to work together, and make that happen. It's exciting. But two most important part is when you're able to work with a client and a client has a problem and you're able to solve that problem. For me, it's a, like, it's, it's, it's exhilarating. It, you get this energy that you were able to find someone first off that you were able to build enough value that they were trusting you enough that they're willing to invest money and that they're able to see the results behind it. And then they're able to, you know, frolic and tell everybody about you. That's exciting. That's That's the part that keeps pushing me. And there's something about that win. Like when it's all said and done, a salesperson, just a great seller just loves, they love the win. It's almost like the game in a sense, rather than just the, idea of making money because money 
I, I, you heard the, I think it was Zig Ziglar who said it, like money is not the most important thing, but it's right up there with oxygen. And, and it's, it's right. He's right in that sense. Like there's a lot that can, uh, money is a great tool, but if you don't have a, a deeper drive beyond the money, then eventually you're going to, you can tap out a certain level of money and money doesn't become a motivating factor anymore. But that drive of winning or drive of helping somebody or having that passion and for me, it was great. And I didn't have people to guide me in the sense like I made a lot of mistakes, Brad, like when I was first starting off to do my professional selling, I did some silly things. So when I thought about it, like in, in a sense, because I didn't have that, that, those daily guidance, that, like I was thinking, man, if there's a podcast or a means to educate people, to give people uh, you know, rookies or new people the opportunity to improve their sales skills. That sounds like it's great. It sounds like something that I would love to be a part of or to do. And then a friend of mine, I'm grateful that he was able to introduce me to the concept of podcasting. And um, yeah, it was just like game over ever since then, because I saw that the benefit, because now go back to full circle. I saw there are people that were listening to my show and taking things from my guest and applying it and seeing results. And that was just like, pff, go back to the idea of selling, right? helping somebody solve a problem. So it was almost like a sale in a sense that I was able to take something from nothing and help somebody solve problems that they didn't have resources to, you know, didn't have the resources to answer to, and then to see the results they were seeing. So that, that keeps you going when you get those reviews and you get emails from people or LinkedIn messages, how our show is helping them. That's exciting. That's it's fun. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Don, I can really hear in the conversation there, this, you know, that, drive to help people, but also to win. It's that real, you know, I, I see it in excellence and sales. Those two elements that you're talking to that creates greatness. Now, I've, I've got a big background in sales too. I need to, for listeners that don't know, but oh, what, what are you focused on now by way of excellence and sales? There's some key things I know you're working on. What are those key things that you're really focused on right now? So there are a couple of, so for, Excellence in sales, one, um, and, and I'll come back to some of those key things. One is being the, I think when I work with clients and going as a consultant or whether they're team, they put their teams through one of our programs, or if it's like, you know, coaching one of their team members, what I see a lot with, if somebody doesn't have a, a purpose, doesn't have a reason for what they're doing, then there it's kind of like null and void kind of like dead in the water like you, you got to have that in order to achieve excellence in sales right and then number two so always having something and the we have a, a mindset sales training program that we've partnered with the pacific institute and we you know we deliver and one of the things that we always encourage sellers is that you have set your goals but set the goals further than what you typically could accomplish when you're doing those goals so if you're, instead of saying like, I want to get to the Olympics, it's like, no, I want to get a gold medal at the Olympics. I don't want to just make it to it and end it. So if it's a sales person that's trying to do excellence in sales, it's not like I want to attain my quota. No, I want to surpass my quota and help clients have great success. So going beyond that. So having that is a critical piece. And most sellers don't have that. They just do a job or wing it. So now come back to the question you asked, and what are some of those things that we're working on? I'm looking at a vision five years away from now, right? That, that three year beyond from what we are doing right now. And some of those things that we're doing right now, we have 
uh, we do sales training and consulting. What that means, like companies will hire me to come in or, you know, to hire our team to help them with their, in many different levels of selling. They come through one of our programs. We have a sales foundational program. We have a sales mindset program. We do customized training. Somebody might say my team got all the basic Donald, but this is a big issue. We just have a challenge with social media when it comes towards doing uh, LinkedIn social selling. Can you create something? So we create customized programs for, for clients like that. But the, the one-on-one coaching or group coaching is another aspect where the team may be not performing to the top of their level. Maybe there are you know, several members of the team doing all right, but they want to get better. So we coach the whole team. And then we do individual coaching. And now for my organization, as we're thriving and as we're going expanding, what we're seeing is that we're to scale our organization looking at five years out. We're looking at adjustment with digital, with, uh, with media. I mean, there's, so one of the things that we see some of these other guys uh, doing right now, there's a lot of remote training, but we're looking at creating like building out video, uh, like studios because we see that that's the future of a lot of our trainings, right? Where our teams will deliver training for folks from all over the world, but do a net delivery from a digital aspect. I mean, virtual, uh, like a VR type of training. That's something that's here. And some organizations are doing that where you have teams with, uh, you know, VR, virtual reality, you know, goggles, and they're in a training room where you can see everybody else, right? But now you're physically in one place, but everybody's virtual. So we're thinking like that for the future of our, our, our programs. And also like how are edu- how is education and how is the sales arena evolving when it comes towards util- utilization of things like artificial intelligence and how is that helping to improve the, you know, having excellence in sales? Um, how can we make sure we're using data right and that we're, and go back to your chapter from your book, being more agile in the way that we're, you know, we're, we're selling things, right? If we, if we can follow, how can we follow some of those things? So that's what we're doing. Um, the, our team's developing and we're scaling. So we're bringing on more consultants and little by little. And in 2021, 2022, by 2025, by five years from now, I want to be known as the best organization in the world for new and struggling sellers, like folks new to sales or they're trying to build up their repertoire. They don't know how to sell or teams that are struggling. They may have years of experience. I want them to be, to think like, you know, Google, like when you think about search, but to think about, yeah, check out the sales evangelist. And those are some of the, some of those things that we're doing to push beyond um, our current level. right well, now. So you've, you, you know, you believe that a salesperson having that really strong, challenging vision and goal is really important and you're practicing it yourself. Like I can really see you taking, sales and supporting organizations to a whole new level. Yeah. I mean, you, it's like, if I, if I, if I don't drink my own Kool-Aid or eat my own dog food, then, you know, there's no way that I can have the passion enough to go and tell somebody else that they need to invest in, in my dog food, so to speak. Right? I, I have to make sure we practice it internally. We, we have to, you don't have to do anything, but I should be um, that passionate about it and should do it. If it, if I do believe that it works so well. Yeah, neat. Don, I listen, I listen to your podcast. I love it. And there was one episode on it that you were talking about mindset and you're telling a tale, uh, an old Indian tale of the two wolves. Mate, I, this is a really important thing, mindset or attitude. Do you mind sharing some insights with the listeners on this topic? Yeah. So there are, there's, a, there's an old um, Native American pro, um, story and what it, 
in the story, there is the this old say, you know, old grandpa talking to a young whippersnapper, like a grandson, and telling him about like you know motivation and passion and in, in, in the this this concept. And the old guy, old man, said to the young kid, like each of us with inside of us, we have two wolves. One of the wolves is uh, full of happiness and peace and you know loves tranquility loves you know every love having things harmonious it's it's the happy it's a good wolf we also have a bad wolf and that bad wolf is full of rage and anger and first you know frustration and evilness and there are two of these opposing forces that are fighting inside of us so the kid asked the grandpa so which wolf is going to win and the grandpa said the one that you feed the most wins yeah when you think about it, and you think about this term, this idea, we have, there's a term that's cognitive dissidence. And with cognitive dissidence, we can't have two opposing forces going, uh, two opposing, opposing thought going in our mind at the same exact time. It's just, it's impossible to have those two thoughts. So when it comes to word selling, I mean, I'm, and I'm working on my book right now and getting it all edited and stuff, it's called Sell It Like a Mango a new seller's guide to closing more deals. And one of the things that we point out around the mindset portion is just what this concept, like you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. And I personally feel that sales is so psychological, like so much of this thing. I mean, it's, it's like mental. And if you are feeding your mind, if you're feeding the wrong wolf, so to speak, the doubting and the fear and the anger and the scarcity that nobody's going to buy, it's COVID and it's a bad timing and the, the, the world is going to kaputs and the political arena and all these things. If you feed that wolf and that's the primary thought in your mind, if that's the thing that's on the forefront every single day, then of course, and you're gonna see things, your mind or what we call the reticular activating system is going to bring things to your mind or point things out that will support that. So I'm gonna, all of, all of a sudden, I'm gonna see the articles in the news that says, yes, you know, economy is down or things are not going right. I'm going to see the, the negative things that like nobody, the articles that people share, like there's no, no one's answering their phone or, you know, those de depressing things because my brain is saying, well, that's what you're focusing on. Here's some more things to help you with that. Now you go to the other side. If I feed the other wolf, feed that positivity that there's op optimism, optimism or optimistic wolf or that there's opportunities out there that people are willing to buy that we can succeed, that we can hit our visions and our goal, then our reticular activating system, because our brain doesn't know anything from what's true or not, it's just like taking off the data that we feed it. So if we feed it that there are opportunities and we believe that and we have affirmations tied to that. Now what's going to happen is that my the, the, those things, my brain will point out to me those things or reticular activating system will point out to me the articles or maybe point out to me the people. It's like both of these things are always there. Like it's not like all of a sudden because I'm focusing on positive things that there's magically articles about how companies are thriving and succeeding. No, but my brain is focusing on that or my subconscious. So then my reticular activating system is saying, hey, look at this, check out this article. You might wanna read this and you know, put you in touch with the right people. And that's how it works. So that's how we are gonna win right now. And I can tell you that simple concept. I know it's some scientific folks or some smart people listen to the show. They're probably like, Donald, you're, you're dumbing it down a little bit, but we get what you're saying. And this, but the point though, is that salespeople right now, more than ever are in this battle. 
and we could battle and CEOs and some of you folks who are, you know, organizational leaders are in the same battle. You can listen to the negative and the naysayers and the things that are going to go wrong, or you can be open-minded, or you can focus on the things that will go right as you are continuing to push forward. And I elect to say, I don't want to focus on the negative things. I'm focused on the things that could go right. And we've seen that we've had a tremendous year so far. We've hit some milestone numbers and all of this came. It wasn't because magic and we're in one of the worst quote unquote economic time periods, but we saw that there's still opportunities out there. It's like, not like money just disappeared. People still have money. It's just a matter of they're not spending it in certain situations and some companies are thriving. So we adjusted and focused on industries that need the support that need the help. And we're seeing amazing success from that. So that was a long-winded answer, but you get a podcaster going, man, we could talk for days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. But also too, Donald, I loved how you broaden that to the whole organization because while you were talking about that, that attitude and on that focus piece for the salesperson, which wolf are you feeding? I just thought, wow, it just applies to people in general in an organization, doesn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, go back to thinking about some of the, you know, the, when you know you were on my show and one of the thoughts that i had is we can't have just the one sales can't succeed if it's sales alone going to market like it's just silly like if you're having an agile organization it cannot be sales alone everyone the fulfillment of that product the marketing who are doing precursor towards that the the whole organization should be running as a lean mean you know hunkadori fighting machine and if that's the case that that culture is perpetuated throughout all that the organization does and we're all running on the same uh, the same level or if you think about it like a game of rugby you know the team is in sync and think about the all blacks right um they 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 play so well because they're just it's an organized machine and if one player is playing on his or her uh, his own without being a part of that cohesive, then you're screwed because you can't succeed. So it's the same concept. Sales cannot succeed without operations. Operations can't succeed without sales and HR and finance and and all those different aspects. It should be one lean, mean machine. Understanding though, that the ultimate outcome when it's all said and done is to generate revenue. I don't care if you're a nonprofit. And I think that's where a lot of people make the mistake. They think that, well, I'm in HR or I'm in operations. So my job is in sales everyone's role is to sell everyone yeah. role and your role is not the sell your role is to help support selling in some way shape or form because that brings revenue revenue then pays everybody and keeps the the whole ship uh, moving along um, and team performing at a top level yeah too true too true don now what what advice would you give to someone starting out either in sales or sales leadership considering this topic of vision we've spoken about, but also mindset. Yeah. What, don't do it. Get out of sale. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I'm, I would say that if somebody's starting out in sales or somebody, a leader is starting out in, in sales for the first time, what I would tell you is the, and when it comes towards selling and towards mindset, the first, if, if I was to go back and tell myself, the first thing I would say is, Figure out what is it the reason, what is the reason deep down I am doing this or want to do this? Like, because sales is, is not easy. It is not as glamorous all the time. You see folks who are generating really good money, making six figures plus double six figures uh, in seven figures. 
those people, they put in a lot of work before that happened. It's not just like you just turn a key. They have a killer mindset. They have a purpose or a reason why they're doing this. Uh, so that's the first thing that you need to have if you're coming in sales. If you're a sales leader, you got to also think about that. Not only you're worried about yourself, but you, now you have to look at ways that you can help motivate and inspire a team. And many sales leaders, what will happen is that those people are typically the top performing reps that companies take and put into the leadership capacity. And that doesn't always make that a, a great leader. I mean, if you look at like Michael Jordan, for instance, amazing basketball player, but Michael Jordan isn't the best coach in the world. He coached before and, you know, in, in, it wasn't all pretty. Look at uh, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is an amazing player as well, but again, not the best coach in the world, not the best manager in the world, yeah. but getting outside of the management, he just got a bunch of rings, right? With uh, the Lakers, right? So he's going to run out of hands soon for all these rings. <laughs> but the, the point though is sometimes a leader doesn't have to be a great seller. And in that capacity that they just need to be able to understand how to inspire and motivate the seller to accomplish the seller's goals, not necessarily just the organization goal. And if you're, if that's the case, leader needs to have their purpose, need to understand how to help the seller understand their purpose, and they need to do coaching. Many, many companies now, when they take that top performer, they want that top performer to still sell sometimes and also to lead, and there's no room for coaching. Or they take that top performer, don't give them the proper assets or proper help, and then telling them that they need to go and train and their team and take them out of the selling role and they don't necessarily perform well in that capacity. So any organization, the first thing, whether you're a seller or you're a sales leader, you got to have the proper mindset. A sales leader, you need to have your mindset. You need to help your team have their mindset and you need to do one-on-one -on -one coaching with your team members. All of your team members, at least once a month, I recommend that a sales leader need to meet with those team members. That will help you to succeed more so than anything else. Even, I'm, and I hate to say it in this, in this vein, like investing in companies like my company, sometimes somebody comes to us and want us to be like the, you know, the, the silver bullet that if I just coach and train their, if I train their team, they're going to be successful. Yes, we will They'll help them, but it works best when the whole organization, like we we're talking about is performing on that same level. When the sales leaders are a part of this, when the sales leader understand how their roles need to be uh, implemented, because after we're done with like say a six week program, we want to build habits in those sellers, but if it's not being continued at home, quote unquote, by the internal leadership, then it's null and void. You just wasted money. Um, so we always encourage leadership to take part, leaderships to, to be a part of that conversation. And, and then the other thing that I would tell you, so besides the mindset to you know, help, um, besides that component for a new sales rep and also for leaders, is that you make sure you have your processes down. You and again, this is your arena, you know, when it comes towards making sure a organization of being agile, you can see it. And so often that sales company, that many sales teams, it's a wing in it. Everyone is doing their own plays, so to speak. But if the whole team is understand the playbook or understand what plays to run and how to run those play and how we go to market and the ideal customer and the messaging that we use, and there's a succinct process, that team is going to always outperform some of those the other teams who may have a few superstars that's winging it on their own and the same thing with a sales rep if you're going on a team i would encourage you to look for an organization that has those processes that are running those plays because the last thing you want is for you to have to try to figure that stuff out so now you're playing from behind and i've been a part of those teams both teams one organization i can tell you a quick story i went was part of that organization they looked to me as like they're 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 uh, i don't know let's say they're LeBron uh, 
at that time. They're Michael Jordan. They wanted me to be able to take care of everything. But it, if you see even LeBron on certain teams didn't win championship with Michael Jordan because all the assets weren't there. They didn't have all the tools. So you can take the greatest athletes in the world, but if you don't give them the proper processes, until Michael Jordan started working with Phil and understanding their the, the systems and so forth, and they had the right team members, that's when it started to win. And it's the same concept with sellers. Sometimes sellers they may done well in one company and they go to another company without processes, without you know a messaging, without a go-to-market plan. And the sales, the CEO of a small company is expecting this person to develop all of that. And they don't wonder why after six months they're not seeing the results because, yeah, they're buried in trying to develop things rather than being able to do what they do best, which is to build value with customers. So if you're a new sales rep, get your proper mindset, have a purpose, and then also make sure you find a team that has a process in place. And the same thing for a sales leader. If you're trying to bring on new sellers, make sure you have a process in place before you bring those poor suckers on and help them. And, you know, and then they fail. And then you, you find yourself in this perpetual cycle of, hiring people and they're failing because you don't have a process in place. So have your mindset, recognize that you need to coach your team and then make sure you have the right processes in place so your team can succeed. Because when your team succeed, ultimately you succeed. Donald, I so believe in what you're talking about, mate. It's like, Hey man, that's, that's spot on in my view too. I'm singing from that same inbook. um, It's so pertinent with what you're talking about because you've mentioned in this podcast to the Chicago bulls and Jordan You've also yeah. mentioned the All Blacks. Both yeah. teams are like two of the greatest teams our world's ever seen. But both have been through that phase of lack of process, lack of real purpose and drive. And a few great players then coming through to the place where they've got purpose, focus, vision, and they've got a game plan and a framework and a process that they're following. Like They're just two great examples of what you've just spoken about. Yeah. And it, it's just kind of like, you know, and it's kind of, I'm getting like, you know, the little, like, uh, I don't know, like goosebumps, like thinking about it. <laughs> like you just think about those, it goes to show that any organization with the right leadership, with the right processes can do amazing things, right? Yeah. You do need to do, do you need to have all the time a superstar go back to look at my Miami heat right now. If you follow the NBA, this past season was a ragtag bunch when it's all said and done. Like, I mean, I'm a Heat fan. And at the beginning of the season, I did not, I didn't envision us going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, there's no way we're getting past the Bucks. And then you're looking at, like, you know, Celtics. There's no way that's going to happen. But there's a lot of players that wanted something, a drive, a passion. They had a process in place. They had a great, uh, you know, great coaches. And they had um, – you know, great team members and they worked succinctly. There wasn't one trying to be above the other. And because of that, they were able to make their way step-by-step process by process until they came and gave the, you know, Lakers a a good little fight. And obviously the Lakers have a lot more dominating players and a little bit more experience. So naturally they won, but the heat did take them. they They did fight a little bit and get to that, to get to that point. And they accomplished a great deal. So now looking back at our companies, do we all need to win a championship at the end of the year? No, but our teams need to be performing at the peak level. If we play the best, if imagine if every sales organization, every company listening to this was performing at their best ability. And I'll ask you this, CEO, listening to this or operations uh, you know, director or whatnot. Do you, can you confidently say every one of your team is performing at their top ability? 
and you're, you're thinking about this and you're probably saying no. And that's the goal. If we can get everyone at the team to perform at their best level, imagine the magic that we can happen. And look at the numbers that you have. You know your numbers better than I do right now. And you're probably looking at this and saying, wow, we did well this year. Imagine now if we had everyone performing and everyone weren't performing at the highest level. Imagine if everyone was performing at 100% level. Imagine what could happen. And that's what happened when you have those key processes in place. That's when you happen when you people are performing at peak mindset. That's what happened when people are running on the same page. Magic starts to happen and you start generating decent revenue. You start blowing your goals out of the park and you'll become one of those industry leaders or those companies become influential. Um, because if you go back to the All Blacks, go back to the Heat, go back to the Bulls or go back to any of these major companies that perform well over time, that's what happened. That's they have like Apple had an innovative leader, a visionary leader. They created some amazing processes. They had a way of marketing themselves. They had a team that was working cohesively, and you see the magic that happened with them. What ten trillion dollars? Some ridiculous number of the companies worth right now. Yeah. Um, So it's crazy money. But Yeah, yeah. Great advice, mate. Great advice, Don. Don, what what have you learned recently, mate, that you didn't know before? What's been a recent insight that you've had that sort of stepped you back a bit and gone, wow? I would probably say a recent insight that I had that I never thought of, that didn't quite understand before. There is something in one of the programs that we produce with the sales mindset program, we talk about three different uh, level of our consciousness. We have like our conscious conscious, which is right now where we, we know about and we are aware of, we have our subconscious, which is kind of like our server, which, you know, we store our memories, our histories, things that experiences that we've had. And then we have our creative subconscious. And that's one thing that I've been focusing a lot on how that creative subconscious works because the creative subconscious basically puts whatever you have in your subconscious to in, into effect. So if I put in my subconscious, my, again, this fear, and this trepidation that I won't succeed, then the creative subconscious wants me to be able to, it wants to make me feel comfortable. It's, its goal is to make sure you are, you're at the level where you believe you need to be. So if something is, if I believe that I am lower, that, I, that I, I'm always late to a meeting, if I believe that I never hit quota, then my creative subconscious is going to go to work to help me to do as much as I can to feel that way. And that's why we see that some of us sabotage ourselves without realizing. I was coaching one of my clients and he was talking about how he's, he works. And I did a podcast session with this, with him, a coaching session. So it's coming on one of our later episodes, but he is talking about how he sometimes find that he works better under pressure at the last minute. And then as, as I was talking to him, it came to realize that his, this is a thing that he put into his, into his subconscious. And this is the habit that he built, but the same amount of creativity that he has at that point is the same amount of creativity that he's always going to have. It's not that the pressure pulls it out even more. So it's just, if you were to put the, you know, that the day before makes it happen It's because if you were to plan it out a week beforehand, and say, I want to accomplish this, then your creative subconscious goes about, uh, goes about finding ways to make things happen for you and point things out to you. And anyways, the creative subconscious don't wants us to be in congruency with what, who we believe we are. So I always encourage sellers and I encourage myself to who do I, who do I believe I am? Who is Donald Kelly? What is the optimal performance Donald? And what does that look like? What does he look like and sound like? And what does he accomplish? 
And then my creative subconscious, if I start believing that, it helps me. It points out ways that I could find, you know, become what I believe that I should be. Again, I'm going all into this mindset stuff, but that's, I feel that sales is so, so much mindset. Um, that's one of those things. And then the other thing that I'm, I've already known, but also relearning right now is personalization in selling when it comes towards connecting with prospects. Like people in this day and age, nobody wants to be a cookie cutter. Nobody wants those boring, you know, your, 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 your silly cadence emails. They want to make sure that you're personalizing to them, that you can actually solve problems for them um, and that you understand where they're coming from and that you could help them alleviate those challenges and, that's those are two things that's been over the past couple of weeks that's been on my mind yeah that's that's brilliant brilliant stuff mate i'm so looking forward donald to your book coming out i'm going to grab a copy and read it because this whole mindset piece and attitude it's so foundational to everything but how can people keep track of your book connect with you get onto the podcast now i know there's a number of streams but do you mind sharing with the listeners that yeah, the, the best way, two things, um, two ways I'll tell you. One, go to, if you're on LinkedIn, just go to LinkedIn right now and search, and I'll wait for you, um, but go to LinkedIn, pull up your phone and search Donald C. Kelly. You'll see my blue background picture of my face, white halo outline going around me. So that's me. Connect with me there. I'm active on LinkedIn, always, always on LinkedIn. The other thing you can do if you uh, want to, you can go to our website and we have pieces of content that we have on a website. Um, one of them is a small business uh, sales guide. So you can download that and just give me your email and uh, we'll make sure we'll deliver that to you, send it over to you. So those are the two main ways that I would tell people right now if they want to go ahead and connect with us. Well, Donald, thank you so much, mate. Thank you for helping us create a better future and sharing knowledge on vision helping every person reach their potential for a company to achieve greatness and also the whole piece around mindset mate it's been amazing i really appreciate it hey man i appreciate you brad and congratulations and if you are listening to brad for the first time i ask you to do yourself a favor and subscribe to his podcast and leave him a rating and review because i know how that feels when i go and search podcasts and i see great reviews about it and i know you all love it because you all listen to a show all the time so leave him a review and uh, i know he's humble and probably won't ask you to do that but i'm telling you this this show is a uh, hundred percent money and uh, you guys should do that right now leave him a review and rate his show so thank thanks. you brad for all you thanks don appreciate it anytime the key takeaways for me from this episode with Mr. Donald C. Kelly were the need for a challenging vision and goal to achieve excellence, the concept of mindset, which wolf do you feed, and process and coaching has been critical to achieving sales excellence. With the challenging vision and goal, I've heard that throughout so many of the episodes I've recorded on this podcast with guests like Jeff Leiker, Peter Hines, Jeff Sutherland. It's important of everyone having a challenging vision and goal to strive towards and a purpose to it. A bigger reason why are we going after that? It seems that this is a common ingredient to achieving excellence as an individual but also an organisation. The next aspect of mindset is so important. In enterprise excellence, I always believe that attitude drives behaviour which leads to results. And Donald spoke so much about the concept of mindset and which wolf do you feed. Do you feed that wolf that is driving you towards your goal and your vision and helping you improve and getting better? Or you're feeding that wolf of doubt and fear and anxiety 
that is leading you to fail. It's such an important concept and I think it's something that we can all take away from. The final aspect of the key takeaway was process and leadership coaching. These two key ingredients to really helping people achieve greatness and no matter where they perform, whether it be sport, or whether it's sales, whether it's operations, finance, people and culture, HR. To me, the process provides that framework that if the teams had a play in developing this or been trained in that extensively, and then the leader is able to coach and support and even peer-to-peer support and coaching to really help someone become excellent at that process or framework and game plan. It's the same in sport, it's the same in business. It's such an amazing thing to consider. It really helps so many organizations, and especially in sales, I do see that it's lacking often. You know, there is more that lone wolf, true art form approach, whereas what I believe, like Donald, is that if you bring the knowledge of the team together and build a framework built on the journey of buying your customer would like to go through, you'll really have something to deliver great results to customers train and develop people, get people delivering results quicker once you bring them on. I've seen changes from, with some sales teams where it would take them six months to a year to get someone up to selling effectively. But once they implement a customer aligned sales process or framework, good leadership coaching, they can get someone up in two to four weeks. Like it's dramatic changes. So thank you, Donald. I so agree with everything you spoke about and thank you for helping us create a better future through your knowledge in sales and business in general.